0: Welcome to the Christ Loving Wife podcast, where Emily focuses on building women up in an anti-woman society. Culture today bashes and minimizes the role that God has given women, but in this podcast Emily will walk through scripture that reminds and encourages women of the fulfillment they can find in Christ and His design. Hello, and welcome back to the Christ Loving Wife podcast. This is your host, Emily Stanton. And today I am with Abigail Dodds, the author of A Typical Woman. If you have been following on my Instagram, I've been sharing little excerpts about it the last two weeks to kind of give some preparation for those ladies who did not purchase the book or who have yet to read the book. Um, I'm really excited to have this opportunity. I know a lot of you were also eager for this episode to kind of get to hear from the author herself, or if you have read the book, I know many of you were also excited to kind of just regurgitate a little bit by listening to this episode, whether you're doing your household chores or going on a drive or whatever it is. So without further ado, uh, Mrs. Dodds, can you give a little introduction to yourself?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, my name is Abigail Dodds and I am a wife and a mom of five. Uh, I can't call them all kids. My oldest daughter is 20 now. I know it's it's weird. It's coming for all of all of you, all of you listeners. It happens a lot quicker as everyone tells you. Um, but yeah, our oldest is 20 and then we have an 18-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. So they just keep keep growing. And uh, we keep uh, growing right along with them. So that's Mm -hmm. been the bulk of of my life and jobs has been um, just helping them grow up. And we do kind of we have homeschooled sort of full time at different for for a big chunk of time. And then as our youngest son with special needs came along, um, we moved to kind of a part time school, part time homeschool for them. Mm -hmm now um, our three who are still in school at home are in like an online um, classical school. And so that's what they're doing. And then our youngest is homeschooled and I have a help with a tutor for some of his special needs. So that's that's my life. That's the bulk of what I do. Lots of making food, lots of good conversations with these amazing children.
0: That's good stuff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something I... I'm currently in season of as well of not doing much more than just tending to my home and my family and um, yeah I think it's great for people who are listening to you and know that you um, are becoming quite a well known author at this point especially with um, your I have a book right here what's it called Bread of Life there we go um, the Bread of Life book and your book, A Typical Woman book and I think it's good for women to know that uh, there's ministry right in your home and yeah, I'm sure that's really cool for um, other people to. Here as well, um, but yeah. With that, recently it was, it was actually about last year. I got your book for Mother's Day from a friend, and I read it. I was incredibly encouraged by it. I was still in the beginning of my son was my firstborn was only one at the time, and since we have added another little girl, um, mm-hmm. and recently I wanted to kind of go back through your book again, just. I'm enjoying. I'm trying to do about a book a week right now, and I knew I really enjoyed it last year, and wanted to just, just kind of get a refresher over it. Um, but with that, I wanted to ask you, what kind of motivated you to write that book? What what kind of prompted that?
1: Yeah, you know, it was motivated by conversations I was having with um, some women at church, things I was seeing online, and here is the gist of the thing I was hearing that really was like a pebble in my shoe or in a bad way. (laughs) Um, I was hearing a phrase that was some variation of this. It was, I'm not just a woman, I'm a human. Or something like, I'm a human and being a woman is just part of what I am. It's just an aspect. And some, it all, yeah, use the the word human as like, the thing that we want, that we're proud to be. I'm a human. And being a woman was a thing that was kind of like small and stupid a little bit, or like a little bit, like I'm embarrassed about that, but I guess it's still part of me, but I don't have to pay attention to it because in reality, what I really am is I'm a human. Mm -hmm. And um, this really just started to eat away at me a bit um, because It's insidious a little bit. Um, It sounds like what we're trying to do is be fully made in God's image. And that in, in God's image, that whole phrase of, well, I'm made in the image of God also was just right alongside. So somehow being human was made in God's image, but being a woman was like this kind of side aspect thing that was part of it, but just not the important part. And I just desperately wanted to be able to tell women um more broadly hey yes you're a human that's true <laughs> definitely true but y- being a human isn't something that c- you can exist as apart from being a woman so mm-hmm. you are a woman and that's the full thing that you are it's not an aspect of you it's the full thing and so i that was that was kind of the pebble in my shoe the the thing that was sort of eating away at me that i really wanted to help women get right because i could just see a lot of bad things flowing downstream from that but then of course that that concept or that that thing that i was trying to communicate is only really in one chapter of the book and so um the rest of it just flowed from my own life and god's growth uh, the growth God worked in me in my life is kind of being married uh, fairly young and having children and trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing and um, all these ideas that you hear about what does it mean to be a real woman or a godly woman and what does it mean to um, kind of be all in for Christ. And I had been given a lot of ideas of what that looked like prior to being a married wife that made sense to me. And then all of a sudden I'm a married wife with children and I'm kind of like, so what does it look like to be all in for Christ now? You know, um, mm-hmm. and so a lot of this book is sort of trying to was me working that out over over, you know, a decade or two and then deciding to try and write about it.
0: That. um Yeah, I remembered that being in, I don't remember which chapter it was. And then I remember, I think it was the following chapter that you went right into talking about also the temptation for, uh, especially Christian women, to try and separate their, um, like, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a woman, rather than understanding, Mm -hmm. as you um, described and brought about in your book, that you cannot be... um, You cannot be a woman and not a, well, you can be a woman, not a Christian, but you cannot be a Christian without also being a woman. Like that's part of who you are. Um, Obviously you explained that a little bit better than what I just tried, um, regurgitating out. But, um, if I can just take a second to read the excerpt, um, I highlighted it. It's on page 41 for any of the people who are listening. You had said working out our salvation under the authority of God's book will develop us into mature, godly women. We need to trust God and trust the process of sanctification, not focus on manufacturing femininity. The way we do this is by being united to Christ in His life, death, and resurrection. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the kind of traditional movement that's going on right now, and this is specifically why I wanted to chat with you about this, is mm-hmm. because I myself definitely going into this type of trap of thinking, along with I've been seeing. Um, just becoming a, a trend of trying to manufacture that godly femininity rather than focusing on christ focusing on submitting to his word and letting um our christianity in him bloom and when that blooms is when um our womanliness blooms too but can you take a second and also um, elaborate upon that and kind of share with our listeners what you were trying to get across um, specifically in that point in that chapter
1: yeah, well, actually, you just articulated it about as well as I ever could, which we can trust that when we, it. when we obey God, when we are truly committed to it, and we are not trying to dodge away from the parts of it that might even address our womanhood, when committed to Christ as our Lord, he will grow in us. Maturity, and because we're women, that will be—we will grow in our womanly maturity in Christ, and even our femininity. So, yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up. Kind of the whole traditional, um, trad wife, trad life um, stuff that's happening online. You know, in on the one hand, I think there's a, so much good in it, and what I what I think is broadly happening. And I could be wrong because I don't follow probably enough accounts to know all the ins and outs. But what I think is broadly happening is, a lot of women, even secular women, are discovering that um, being in the home and serving their family and dressing like a woman, that there is a kind of a joy in that. That there and that things seem to run well when they do when they do that. Like what they're discovering is that the way God designed the Works better, <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's not the gospel, though, right? So, but it's true, mm-hmm. and so m- many of these women need the Lord. Like they, they need a savior. They need Christ, and um, they've found something that's good and true. A little bit like um, someone who's really good at math, um, discovering the beauty of how God has ordered things in our universe. They're stumbling onto truth. It's God's truth. They need to know the creator who made that math. Well, these women who are stumbling onto home, the whole concept of home and the concept of what it means to be a woman in your home and domesticity, like taking dominion of your home, they're stumbling onto something in God's design in his world. And it's beautiful and it's true and it's good, but they still need Christ. They still need to know the one who made the home they need mm-hmm. to know the one who is our home. And so it, it's a very interesting movement and I'm not sure I'm answering your question about um, oh, yeah. really looking yes, at being so. a Christian woman, but that is of course for us who know Christ, we can get sidetracked um with you know the certain doing like I'm going to do these things and that's going to make me you know a uh, a real a real woman, a real godly woman. And mm-hmm. We know that our righteousness comes from Christ, but that doesn't mean that when that righteousness comes to us, what it does is it doesn't just sort of sit in us and do nothing. It produces fruit, and that fruit looks like something. It looks like serving and loving and sacrifice and obeying um, the instructions to women. And so when, when you see a woman who is doing that in her home, I think the big thing I would caution is not – my big caution personally would not be, oh, beware of trad life. My big caution would be, beware of thinking that when you see a woman working hard in her home and looking a certain way with a certain aesthetic, I would not judge that. I would be very wary to say, like, well, they're just manufacturing something or they're just – it's just cosplay Mm -hmm. I would hope, hope the best. And, um, in your own life, when you see God producing that fruit and you're finding joy in your homemaking or whatever, um, just keep, keep giving it back to him. Keep, keep, Mm -hmm. um, serving as unto the Lord and don't worry about what people think, whether they think you're cosplaying, whether they think it's silly, whether they think the homemaking is, you know, just you pretending whatever, or whether they think it's, you're the pinnacle of biblical womanhood, you know, and they hold you up on a pedestal. All of those things you've got to just lay to the side and you live for an audience of one um, mm-hmm. in what mm-hmm. he's calling you to do each day. You just really have to lay it before him. And that's that's what I want to get at in the book in saying, emphasizing the Christian woman is really you answer to Christ. So obey mm-hmm. him, um, receive his gift of salvation. You you. You belong to him. So before him, know that that's where you will, uh, where your salvation is. Um, it's really just orienting yourself to Christ first and foremost.
0: That I think that answered my question spot on. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you also sidestepping and encouraging uh, myself and other women to not. Um, to not go to the extreme one way or the other, not to go to the extreme of she's the pinnacle, but also not to go to the Mm -hmm. other extreme of it's not necessary because we -hmm. are doing it for Christ. And if he Mm -hmm. calls us to that and each individual home is different and each individual woman is different. So he's going to call and prompt a different woman to glorify him in a different way. Um, And so uh, for the woman who are wondering, what does that look like for me? Um, in just a few pages following that last quote that I read, you had given the example of an uncle writing to a family as a whole, and then specifically addressing the nieces at the end. Um, And you were giving the example of the Bible and how there are Christian women who go to the Bible and will either completely ignore the sections that pertain to them and only focus on what's being said to the whole, or they forsake the, letter to the whole and will only focus on the section that's, um, attributed to the nieces. Um, and I loved your exhortation to women and that when you said women, we harm ourselves when we use the Bible as a how to book on being woman only rather than look to it, to see God and savior, to see our God and savior. I think I'm, I miswrote. Let me just grab my book right here. Cause I'm, I wrote it down <laughs> wrong in the thing. I'm quoting it right. Um, Women, we harm ourselves when we use the book as a how-to book on being a woman only rather than to look to it to see our God and Savior who teaches us all things, end quote. Can you Mm -hmm. share why um, it is important for women to not fixate only on the passages addressed to women like Proverbs 31 or Titus 2, but can you also, in the same light, share why it's important to not neglect these passages as well? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, well, Proverbs 31 I actually adore that passage. I I love it um, because I find it so helpful. I know a lot of women, and, and I was probably counted among them at some point in time, like kind of shudder or cringe around it. But I think here's why, if you just go to Proverbs 31, let's say, unless God has given you a new heart, unless you have first... Himself, the salvation that comes from him, unless you've been united to his death, his resurrection, um, even his ascension at the right hand of the father, unless you are truly united to him and he is yours and you are his, then Proverbs 31 really will be only legalism for you. Hmm. Um, it Because you can only receive it and be edified by it when you belong to christ when you have the new heart of a christian so in one sense if you select out parts of the bible and say i'm really just going to focus here on this titus 2 passage i'm only going to focus here on this proverbs 31 passage um and maybe i'll read esther on occasion and ruth or whatever um but if you do that uh and you, A, let's just give one example, you haven't already received Christ, well, you'll be in trouble. But let's say you did receive Christ, but now you're only going to turn your attention here. I, I fear that that disconnection from, which is, you know, in order to grasp the gospel and the gospel is like, it's the story of, yes, Christ The incarnation, Christ coming to earth as a man, fully man, fully God, and then living a perfect life, dying a death that he didn't deserve because he was righteous, fully being (laughs) raised to life on the third day and conquering sin and death through that, and then ascending to the right hand of God. Yes, that is the gospel, and I can say it in a paragraph. And yet, the story of the gospel in one sense, because you've got this whole Old Testament, is building you've got the seeds of the gospel in Genesis three, the The, um, the man is going to crush the serpent with his heel. You've got a story that's building up to it so that the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Israel in one sense, without those, the gospel itself doesn't even make sense. You don't have the, the backstory. Mm-hmm. That he's accomplishing. And so my point is just, all of the scriptures are are not just profitable for us; they absolutely are. In one sense, they tell us who we are, and we need that because we need to be able to see the picture of Christ in the Scripture. The not just um, not just uh, this one set of what should I do, or this one set of uh, I'll read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John even. But the whole scriptures they hang together, and the more you read them, the more you start to grasp this incredible, incredible, actually just mind boggling thing that God has done. Where they are so interwoven together, um, that if you don't grasp it, you will miss so much. Like even Proverbs 31, you'll miss the richness because here we have in Proverbs this picture of who is wisdom, what is wisdom. And ultimately the answer to that is wisdom is Christ in Proverbs though. You're you're it's being personified as this lady folly and this lady wisdom. And so it, it culminates with this Proverbs 31 woman who, who is ultimately wise. She's wise in hmm. all her ways. She can be interest, all kinds of work to her. Um, she is just a trustworthy woman. She's noble. She's a woman of valor. She's courageous. Um, And none of that really finds its um, expression truly without Christ. And so the Bible, I could go on and on. I'm, I'm probably getting a little long winded here. It's just, it's our life. And so yes, we want those passages that apply to us as women because they're so helpful. They're so practical. We are in desperate need of practical how-tos and even practical, here's what you should do, <laughs> type mm-hmm. instruction. We, we need that. Um, but the Bible is more than that. So take it for that, yes. But it's it's much bigger than that. and So don't limit mm-hmm. it to something as small as that.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and I think when you are separating it, as you already explained, like it's all woven <coughs> together and you're missing you're missing the beauty of um, our God as being an author of life of the of his book. You're missing the the beauty of seeing the Lord working all things together for his glory and mm-hmm. for our good. Um, and giving yeah. us the full dissertation of all scripture is used for as um, profitable for teaching correction and training and righteousness, you know, when you are picking yes. and choosing or neglecting and forsaking. Um, yeah. Now, one, and- I
1: just had one little thought that I want to say about that one, one thing, which is. If what I just said about knowing all of the scriptures and knowing it so well is a little bit overwhelming and intimidating to you or to I mean, to your listeners is what I mean. What I would just say is God takes us where we are and he doesn't expect us to be scholars. You mm. aren't – your job is not to be like, I am going to nail down every bit of this Bible and and just get it every bit of it figured out for myself on my own. That's mm-hmm. not the exhortation I want to give. Uh, what I want to give to you is to simply receive it as a gift. Mm-hmm. And and obey it in as much as you can understand it and can obey it. I would much rather have a woman whose understanding of the Bible is relatively simple, meaning like she's not maybe making all the connections. That's fine. But she she loves the Lord and she is simply mm-hmm. doing what what she understands for him to be telling her to do. I would take mm-hmm. that any day over a woman who is a major student of the Bible and who might consider herself a scholar of the Bible and who can grasp all kinds of connections in the Bible and yet who can't obey the simple command in Titus 2. Yes. So I just want to make sure I say that because I think sometimes we will get off track and thinking, okay, now my job is to go become the Bible scholar. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just, you know, obey God in your actual life and yes, be in his word every day, but just receive it and- You know ask your pastor and your husband for help with it um but don't be stressed out about the things you don't understand yet either
0: no i think that was a great and um side note to say and so in that way it doesn't make anybody check out but to continue to say continue to stay encouraged and desirous Mm -hmm. to get into the word not be intimidated um Yep. To kind of switch uh, the mindset a little bit into the same sort of topic, but a different um, uh, different perspective. On page one hundred and fifteen, uh, I think for me personally, just speaking to myself, you hit a soft nerve when it comes to woman wanting to be all sufficient and perfectly capable in all things, um, mm-hmm. but that's simply not the case. You were talking about um, just giving comparisons of, but she's, she's better at this, or she's more capable in this area than I am. I know I can certainly struggle with that myself, especially with the social media realm and constantly seeing the gifts God has given to other women. Um, and you know, it, it's normal for women to share their niches or niches, however you say it, uh, and not share mm-hmm. where they are more faulty in. So you see these women that look fully capable in all areas, and it's really easy to become, um, just discontent with what God has Mm -hmm. given. And um, I I know I can have the desire to grow in femininity and Christian womanhood, but comparison and the discontent uh, as you shared in that section around page 115-116, it only robs us of the joy that would otherwise be ours that would be found in Christ and his purposes for us. Uh, So can you address uh, here in this podcast, can you address it to help myself and other women know How and why we should be guarding our minds in the pursuit of godly femininity when we are surrounded by so many other women that have been graciously and beautifully gifted in different areas.
1: Mm. That's great. Um, I think there's a couple things we can do. The first is a thing we already said, which is just remember that Christ is Lord and you truly do live for an audience of one. And so, in that sense, We as Christian women need to have our heads down in a way, more than anyone else. Like not, um, not what people think of us, and not so much concerned even about what we think of us. But here's another thing that I hope would be maybe more helpful in some ways, which is I really was helped at some point in my life by stopping telling myself, I, I just quit telling myself to not compare, which sounds like that's exactly what I should be telling myself and all of you. So don't compare, don't compare. I finally realized that one of God's main means of growth for me and for all of us in the Christian body, in in the church, in among believers, is that we would look over at what another woman is doing and she's doing it well. And instead of get be threatened or feel um, insufficient or inferior, instead of all those things, we would bless the Lord for it. Hmm. We would say, wow, Hmm. thank you, God, for giving her that gift. And then number two, if that's an area where I actually need growth, it may not be, it may just be completely something different than I'm even need to be doing at all. But it may be something that I need to grow in. And if it is, than to lean in and say, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I kind of look at how she's doing versus how I'm doing, she's doing better in that area and I would really like to grow. So I'm going to start to learn from her. And you can do this from a distance. You know, like if it's someone who you don't know well at all and you're not really wanting to go strike up a conversation, but it's just somebody you've observed, you mm-hmm. can take notes from a distance. This is a huge way that I've grown um, at our church, which is large. Sometimes I would see a woman who I don't really know very well. Maybe I've met her, Um, but I'll see the way she's interacting with her children, or I'll see something that she's doing that I'm like, I really admire that. That's really godly and beautiful. And Hmm. so I will just privately start accumulating little notes about, oh, I noticed she, she uses this phrase when she talks to her child, or I noticed she does this, you know, like when she's encouraging someone or whatever. And then I'll just start trying to do those things you know you know not yeah. not always identically but in some way or another and so what i the, the switch i had to flip for myself was instead of viewing comparison as i started to say you know these are christian people now assuming they are christian people there there are going to be people online who are not christian and, and the, in that sense i just don't even i i just don't even really pay attention um but When Mm -hmm. it's coming to the body of Christ, then then I start to ask myself, you know, how could I imitate them? Because that's one of the things Paul says um, to all of us uh, is imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so I want to be the kind of woman who's willing to imitate someone who's further along in godliness than I am without being threatened Mm -hmm. Um, and really just viewing it as a blessing of the blessing of the body of believers is that I can learn from these other women and grow in the ways that they're so far ahead of me now I think when it comes to like giftings like someone is just there are people who are really just good at things um Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this book it's called seeing green and it's by my dear friend Tilly Dillahay um but it's on
0: it's on envy and um she basically um, outlined sorry seeing I'm just gonna write it down seeing green by who yes Tilly Dillahay. Can you spell that? Yep. Tilly is
1: T-I-L-L-Y and Dillahay is D-I-L-L-E-H-A-Y. All right. Thank you. Good. Yeah, it is so good. I, I highly recommend it. It's It's one of the best books for Christian women I've probably ever read. And it just has not gotten the, it hasn't, gotten well-known enough in my opinion, so spread the word. (laughs) Um, But she she basically outlines these different areas of what she calls glory, like these different glories that people are given. Some people might be really gifted at music. Some people might be really gifted in relationships. They have like charisma, natural charisma. Um, And she has all these different ways that people are just truly gifted by the Lord in some way. And how so much of our envy comes from those things like the things that someone else has that you really wish you had but you actually maybe don't have that gift and so again I think this is one of those way one of those things where the solution isn't necessarily to stop noticing because we can't it's it's like literally impossible to stop noticing that other people have gifts that you don't have? Because you're in relationship with people. What are you going to do? Just like stop being friends with someone because they're really better than you at some, like they, it's tempting at times to do that. But I think the better answer is to say, how can I bless the Lord for these things? How can I recognize them as a true reflection of something that God has given them. Like it, they reflect something good about God Himself in a way, these glories that He gives people. And so mm-hmm. I think just reorienting our thinking a bit can really help to reframe how we come at it. And all of a sudden, the things that once really caused angst in our soul or like a little bit of sandpaper become the very thing that we are. And I think too, because you realize, mm-hmm. wow, God has also given me some gifts. And it's not as though he's left anyone high and dry. (laughs) Um, He is so kind. And so to recognize that as well and to um, grow in those and give thanks for those is um, that heart of gratitude is really going to become something beautiful in us as he works in us.
0: Yeah, I I think that was a very interesting perspective, a very good perspective, but one I don't think I've really, at least not to my recollection, I don't think I've really heard that perspective of not just telling yourself, don't compare, don't compare, don't compare, because um, mm-hmm. I know that that also can draw attention to it, too, when you tell yourself like, don't compare, or don't get angry, or don't think this way, right. when you more, you're putting your focus there rather than like in a positive light of put off, put on. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So I personally find that really encouraging and uh, I'm excited to try and read that book as well. Uh, I, d- I definitely have not heard of neither the author nor her, nor the title. Uh, so I'm excited to look into that after we uh, log off here. But um, yeah, the only I, the last
1: thing I'd say about the comparison is just what I'm not saying is go follow 100 accounts on Instagram, all about yeah. home decor and expect yourself to not, like, I think we can also put ourselves in situations that, of course, are just going to tempt us in a yeah. bad way, you know? And so yeah. I just don't, again, I'm maybe talking five, about in yeah. the body of Christ, you know? So just that little mm-hmm. caveat, <laughs> lest anyone be yeah, like, every time they scroll through one million pictures of other people's homes, they feel that they need to somehow, would be a better response for sure.
0: But maybe just don't scroll through all those either. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think um, the only example that's coming to my mind is um, well, maybe that'd be like a sidetrack, but yeah, just finding the difference between not being okay to admire and see the beauty of something and to seek to challenge yourself with that without becoming covetousness. So maybe not so much that comparison yes. is the sin because comparison can be in a positive light, but the covetousness is what you need to guard against and watch for that, that fine line there. Um Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's helping my mind. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. I think that that sums up all of the questions that I had for you today and kind of going through your Mm -hmm. book. Um, Thank you again, Mrs. Dodds, for coming on here and taking the time to elaborate on some of those key points um, as those ones were. Not ones I kind of put, not questions I put together for my listeners, though I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity for other people to kind of tune in, but more so these were some things that were kind of keynotes for myself and questions that I personally wanted to have the opportunity mm. to discuss with you. So I'm very thankful that you took time out of your day to come on here and, yeah, answer these questions for me. So happy to do it. Thanks for having
1: me. Thanks for your good questions and your, your own good insights. Um, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Um, and so then to close on out for those who are listening, uh, please go ahead and give this podcast a follow. And if you could hit the rating, it just helps kind of boost up the content and the algorithm for other people to find it. Um, go ahead and buy a typical woman by Abigail Dodds. If you have not already go ahead and share that with a friend and you can follow both of us on Instagram. Um, Mrs. Dodds, can you please share your handle? I can't remember it off the top of my head.
1: Oh, um, yes. I think it is just my name. Maybe Um, it's Abigail Dodds, but it has like two underscores in between my name, I think.
0: Okay. (laughs) So I will, I can always (laughs) well. Um, But with that, I will close and thank you all for joining. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your day and continue to glorify God through tending to your homes and loving your family.